And good morning, everyone. And, and it is a Merry Christmas in Sealand's Grove today, so why not? <laughs> good I morning, love the holiday Leslie. music. Good morning, good morning. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes. <laughs> we always have to have a good Christmas, if you know what I mean. Yes, 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 indeed. <laughs> Betty's saying Christmas time. So... Leslie is having a weird issue with Mixler this morning, so if you don't see her in the chat room, she is here. I am, and, and I can, can see your chats. I can see your comments. <laughs> I can't see. I can't see the list of who's on, except anybody who puts a comment in the chat room. So I see good morning, Annette, and I see Ashley, and Betty, um, but I. I only am seeing people as comments come in. I can't type comments in or it kicks me out. Oh, black it's very lab, odd. Yeah, black I, I definitely... ladies here. Uh, Hello, Elena. And we have Annette and Betty and Lori, whose birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Lori. Happy belated birthday. And Ashley's in and out. So we're, and we're the SR Fox, here. good afternoon. SR How Fox are things across the pond? Yes, yes, a joyous Noel, Elena says. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. like I said, you got to have, we're in, we're, it is Christmas in Seal and Scrub, so we might as well enjoy the time, and it is the end of winter, so. Yeah. And Betty was saying Leslie is wearing Harry Potter's invisible cloak, that's why we can't see her in the chat room, that's funny, I was actually... Um, a couple miles from the land of Harry Potter, um, just on Thursday in Orlando um, at the Universal Studios experience. I wasn't there, but maybe Harry Potter's invisible cloak uh, latched on to me. Um, you, you never know about as these I, crazy As things. I Ubered across the state and made it to Clearwater, yes, yes, you heard me right, I Ubered two and a half hours because I renting a car was twice the cost of Ubering. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's been uh, quite the week. As you guys know, I had a busy conference and I am really um, just decompressing now, visiting a dear friend of mine um, on the Gulf Coast of Florida. So very I'm nice. sending you Christmas tidings from uh, Clearwater. <laughs> Home of the uh, Philadelphia Phillies pre, uh, uh, spring, spring training. training camp. That is right. I passed there on my way on yes, my way did. in. Yes, of course. And I we visited lots Tampa, of little places story. along the along the coast. Dunedin, which I believe is the um, I believe that's the site of the Toronto Blue Jays uh, I think training so. camp. Uh, yes, SR, giving you a shout out to your national team. <coughs> And my beloved Orioles are a little further away in Sarasota. So, um, <coughs> Always a fun weather spot. is beautiful in eighty. It was in the eighties yesterday, eighty degrees Fahrenheit, and after being in four to six inches of snow last week, it's it's quite the shock. Yeah, but we had so, the snow, and then it went up to close to eighty the next day. So I mean, <laughs> wow. At least here it did. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. As you know, it was lost in conference land. Yes. yes um, and it was a great conference. It was so great to see and literally see and be in the physical presence of people that I've worked with and have not really ever met before. Mm -hmm. And to be in person at an event was very surreal. 
And Franca has just joined us, and, and she's wishing us a good afternoon. And uh, so I hope everybody oh, is well. Back. And she's back from her holiday in the UK. <laughs> oh, Franca, it's so us, good Franca. you could join us. And, and we're celebrating Christmas in Sealands Grove. So, so Merry Christmas, everybody. Betty <laughs> saying, let's be honest, Leslie, you're one of Nicholas's secret agents. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'll never tell, Betty. I'll never That's tell. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, so it's been an interesting week. I had, uh, I signed on with a, uh, a new insurance company this year for my Medigap plan. Yes, I am in that area. You are, you are Medigapping? Yeah, I'm Medigapping. And he, the, this doctor came to the house yesterday and did like a, a quick physical and all this kind of stuff. And Good. He measured me and, and it said, practically perfect in every way. <laughs> <laughs> well, we that doesn't surprise me. That that goes along with your uh, another chapter for your book, Pam. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, but it's um, I, there are a couple things I have to look at. But all in all, I'm excellent. Of course, they gave me the cognitive test. They gave you three words, and you had to like remember them again <laughs> in five minutes. And I'm like, um, <laughs> I can only remember one. I was like, oh god. I can only remember one now. Uh, so. <laughs> so what does that mean for me? Uh, well, if you can only remember one and you can't draw the hands on the clock for 12 and 6, then you're in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I already knew that, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, we are in Chapter 51. We are uh, just starting Christmas morning in Sealands Grove, Bronco. And uh, it's uh, Catherine is sitting sitting around the around and uh, Gabriel's setting up a fire and stuffing the stockings with care. So <laughs> yes, this is this is not just remind remembering everyone. We are in Gabriel's promise. Mm -hmm. We're discussing book four, <laughs> not to confuse it with other Christmas scenes from years past. That's true. Just a little reminder, since I know we're all excited mm -hmm. about the upcoming weeks. I know activities. we're we're, we're going to have a fun week. This this week, uh, uh, the twenty fourth is the premiere. The premiere of two. Gabriel's Rapture Part Two. So I'm not ready. Yeah. I say it every week. I'm not ready I, to I, see this on screen. Think there are a lot of people that are not ready for this particular part of the movie, but it's it's it'll get be fun but it's also we been the part over. i've been waiting to see since i've read the book yeah the the breakup scene mm. the reuniting that's true too that is mm -hmm. true so yes uh, and <laughs> <laughs> elena have... stopped up with case a case of tissues she that's said that's good that's good <laughs> and uh <laughs> annette has annette says has, has kleenex and, and valley and, 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 I, and I, Betty views it as Paul's movie. Betty, well done. <laughs> Ten minutes into the podcast, and I think she was even in ahead of that because December twenty third is Paul's birthday. Oh, this is true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> part three is the reunion. So, yeah, I agree, Betty. But I think I think part two is going to end when he and she see each other, and that's the part I want to see. You know? Yeah, I want to see the it. thunderstorm. The, 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 the seeing each other across the street. Of lightning, yes. That, that's what I want to see. <sighs> that is the piece. 
well, I want to see all of it. Let's be honest. That's it's going to be epic. I want to see this, the heart-wrenching trial. I want to see that Julia and not at the graduation looking for him and not mm -hmm. having seen him. I want to see her go to the farm with Paul. I want to see, see him with the cows. And I really, 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 really want to see And Betty thinks it'll end with Paul kissing Julia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Betty. Uh, you're so, so, so funny, Betty. <laughs> so. Franca's saying the next four days are going to drag. I can't wait. I hope part two ends where they meet up again. Me too, Franca. Me too. Me too. I think it's going to be the flash of lightning and well, that would be the he most dramatic cliffhanger. You see his face, and it's going to go to black. That's my prediction. Well, that, as I said, you know, that's the most dramatic uh, part of it. I uh, think. I think, personally. Anyway. I know. So, shall we get started? We shall get started. Uh, we the Let's news. Let's hear about SR's any news. SR's uh, world. Actually, SR sent us good news. Yes, he did. Um, he's donated a signed book and some book plates to a fundraiser for Ukraine and he's reposting the fundraiser as an Instagram story and it'll be posted by my reader at Shades of Rebecca on Instagram. Uh, he invites everybody to participate. Uh, he's looking forward to the release of Gabriel's Rapture Part 2 on the 24th and uh, you can remind anybody who does not have a Passion Flick subscription you can use the code GRAPTURE2, the number 2, um, to receive a discount if they want to go in for the monthly subscription. He's looking forward to joining our chat room next Saturday. Yes, SR is coming. SR, SR is coming. He is joining us next week. Get yep. ready. And so we can all discuss and gush and cry and do whatever we need to do with, with SR for the movie. And he'll also be hosting a watch-along of the film on Facebook, but he hasn't scheduled it yet, so an FYI. Stay tuned for that. Look for that, because the watch-alongs are fun. They are. It's kind of um, insane to try and keep up with the all the comments. It's it's it, We kind of, we always joke that SR breaks the internet um, or Facebook um, when this happens, so... Mm -hmm. Just roll along with it. That's right. You know, he gets he gets so many comments pushed through him so fast that he gets they get tied up. In and Betty says she thinks the scene's going to end with Paul kissing Julia, and she yeah. thinks many fans are going to be upset, but it will be an awesome cliffhanger. So <laughs> it would it could it and you know what out. she could you could be right, Betty. You could be right. It it it, it could be. You never know. That's right. You don't know. So. I will have to see. We'll have to see. We will have to see. It'll be, uh, it's only a few more days away. What, five days, I think, at this point? Well, actually, it is. Today is the 19th. Yes. The 24th is the film, right? The premiere? Yes. Uh, I, as I said to the boss yesterday, if I can find it again, since I'm on, <laughs> I'm on Twitter so much. <laughs> I feel like I've been cut off from civilization because really? I was, yeah, but well, it was all, the conference was all consuming. And if anyone's ever been to the Orange County Convention Center, like it's like a city block 
Mm -hmm. um, for me to get from my hotel, which was attached by a walkway really? to the convention center. Yes. So I was as close as I could be staying. Um, but my venue was the entire other end. I was on the east side and the venue was on the west side. Mm -hmm. It took me 25 minutes to walk. You're kidding. 25 That's minutes amazing. to walk to my venue. That so you can imagine, amazing. I got my steps in. That's good. But but when you're in those things, everything is focused on that. But it was lovely meeting everybody that I worked with was just super yeah, lovely. That, that's one of the big things these days that are. Um, and it was you know, overstimulating because I haven't been around people. <laughs> you know, I can hear not that. Not in a bad way. Not in a bad way, just in a wow. Mm -hmm. I'm here with a lot of people. Um, so what I saw, what I said to SR was that it was three, it's 363 more days till St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> and as of Friday, I think it was six more days to uh, the movie and 280 some days till Christmas. So <laughs> here it is. So Except we're, we're, when we're, we're talking about Christmas and ceilings. That's true. That's true. So we have five more days till uh, Gabriel's Rapture, 363 more days as of today to St. Patrick's Day, and 288 days until Christmas. Oh, my gosh. I'm not ready. No. And, and yes, Betty, I did wear comfortable shoes. I was rocking um, some really fun Converse high tops mm -hmm. and um, another pair of New Balance. I was, all in, I was in sneakers. I was not... I did bring my fancy high heels for dinner, but I ended up not even wearing them. <laughs> Lori says, I think you're a part Wonder Woman, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> I only wish, Lori. Yeah, right. <laughs> I only wish I could use the magic lasso. <laughs> <laughs> so, Our boots but, were also killer. Don't forget. Yes. Yes. This is true. I Our like boots, I, I could go with the whole ensemble. Definitely. I love mm -hmm. that. So let's get started, ladies. Let's let's talk about chapter fifty-one. Um, and as Pam noted, it is Christmas morning in Sealands Grove. Great Christmas mm -hmm. music, by the way, Pam. Thank you. Um, just like Santa, Gabriel filled the stockings that hung on the mantle with care, as well as placed the gifts carefully under the tree with care. And no, he had not wrapped them by himself. As any good husband, he said, the store, uh, uh, per uh, he actually purchased and gotten them wrapped at the store. Um, and it's funny, we actually had asked Asar about that. Um, what it about wrapping presents? About yeah. wrapping presents. Yeah, we did ask him that, and he told I will, us. Yes, I will, we will find that answer in a second, so hold on for that. Um, but he lit the fire. He was getting everything ready. He wanted it to be just perfect for little Claire. And he heard a voice saying, I thought Father Christmas wore red. 
<laughs> and you can see again this would be a great scene right it would be a, mm -hmm. such a good scene to see on the screen because mm -hmm. you could imagine him jumping being so startled mm -hmm. and he was um, he was shocked to hear and he actually cursed which was funny and he started holding his hand on his heart and a chuckle came from the armchair by the window so he wasn't imagining things. It was actually Wonder Woman herself, Catherine Pitkin. Wonder Woman. Happy Christmas, she said. And <laughs> you can imagine him, because he adores her, right? But he's probably like, what were you thinking? You were going to give me a coronary. And um, so <laughs> she said... Um, you know, he said, you gave me quite a shock. And, you know, he kind of realized since the break and he was pretty jumpy. And as he gazed down at his pajama bottoms, uh, Catherine said that Father Christmas was an environmentalist because they were tartan <laughs> green with mooses on them. And uh, he had said that had been a gift from the night before. Mm -hmm. So as he was... Um, you know, we were laughing about the, the Christmas gifts mm -hmm. and we were saying that, um, with, with these very fancy pajama bottoms, mm -hmm. um, Which... she was just saying <laughs> she really hoped that, um, she apologized for startling him. Um, because she was still on Oxford time. So she was up quite early, um, you know, considering the time differential. Um, she noted that she had put together an English baked omelet for everyone. And mm -hmm. she was hoping they wouldn't mind that she left out the tomatoes because not everyone liked them. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of that way. I'm not really into tomatoes with eggs. Yes. I, well, I like salsa and hot sauce with eggs. Hot I, sauce, I, yeah, a little hot sauce is one thing, but tomatoes and eggs just to me are not my, uh, mm -hmm. are not my thing, as they say. Right, right. Well, and as, um, you know, as we noted, we actually asked SR, you know, because Gabriel, of course, did not wrap his presents. Of course not. Um, and we asked SR... Um, do you wrap your own gifts? And he said, no, I don't wrap my own gifts. It's too difficult, and a proper shop will provide gift wrapping. Absolutely. Perens, I'm like the professor in this regard. Mm -hmm. His answer was just like the professor, <laughs> right? A proper shop would provide oh, yes. gift wrapping. Oh, yes. Um, I, love, I love our fancy pants there. That's hilarious. <laughs> Um, so Black, black Lab Ladies saying. <laughs> <laughs> what did she say? She said, uh, I'm switching between things here. Mm -hmm. um, I understand. Uh, I'm with Catherine. Love tomatoes, but not in breakfast omelet. Yes. Well, and um, Betty noted Catherine the Great, not to be confused by the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> and hello, Floor. It's great to see you. Yes. I'm so glad you could join us this morning. Um, I can't do any chatting uh, directly into the chat box, but um, I will. I will respond and say hello when I can. Um, Betty saying, I can understand gift wrapping being a bit challenging, but that's part of the whole Christmas experience. 
I think that's something that both uh, the professor and our dear author decided to um, pass on, Betty. That's true. Um, and we asked SR2, of course, you know, I'm always about food and interested mm-hmm. in culinary skills. <laughs> um, we asked what is in a traditional English baked breakfast. And actually, the SR Fox might be able to tell us that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, a tr- traditional English cooked breakfast would include all the meats one could possibly imagine, eggs, toast, cooked tomatoes, etc. And for SR, he'd like to have a proper coffee. And sometimes, at some of the English breakfasts, they do have beans. Yes. Big beans. Uh, mm, which I think would be great, actually. But Oof. Catherine is making an English baked omelet, and he said, this is what I had in mind, so mm-hmm. check out the link. Um which actually I'm doing right now. I, it's, it's, they're fairly, you know, it's fairly uh, interesting. You, thought you put everything in, you mix up the eggs, you put it in a casserole dish, and you bake it. You bake it instead of putting it over the stove. Right. It's sort of like a frittata. Mm. Oh, it looks yummy. It does look yummy. So, Really, really good. We might have to do that. Maybe we could do that well, next I, There are a lot of good breakfast recipes. I mean, there's, I, there's one that... Um, you can do with French toast. You, you make the whole custard mixture and a, put the bread in and you put that in the oven. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's others where you do the sausage and the egg and the cheese and everything and mix it all up and put it in the oven too. Oh, no. Always good. Well, and, and this, this recipe has a fact, fun fact that research shows the Brits are willing to spend 30% longer preparing breakfast at the weekend than they do during the week. Mm-hmm. The recipe is designed mm-hmm. to save you time. Eggs, Absolutely. sour cream, whole milk, chives, sausages, bacon, mushrooms, cheddar cheese, and cherry tomatoes. But Catherine passed on cherry tomatoes. Yeah, I, I, I would pass on them too. So thank you, Catherine, for sticking with me. <laughs> I know. I know. Something something we agree on there, Pam. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then the do other, not belong the other... in eggs. <laughs> and then... Um, Yes, I actually am looking at the so, comments, and and that was saying, and that was saying, uh, she would love to have someone around for presents. Sr. Fox said, "Yes, baked beans with tomato sauce. I would be into that." Sr. Fox. Mm-hmm. She said, uh, "Renee or Annette said, fried bread is what my mother-in-law would have would have with her. Yes, because Annette's uh, married to a Brit." And uh, the English do the English do like their fried bread. Yes, and Black Lab Lady says baked beans. Yes, also very New England to have Mm -hmm. baked beans in the morning for breakfast, which I think is very interesting. Betty saying too much work for the morning. My idea of breakfast: toasted bread with peanut butter and a cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) And Flora saying that looks so good. Not sure about the beans though. The SR Fox says sausage, eggs, tomato, mushrooms, bacon, black pudding. Mm. Yeah, and, and the black pudding is also typical on Irish breakfast. With that, they have a black and a white pudding. Mm-hmm. And she's saying the black the bacon is the most important part of the breakfast for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure many people would concur with you. Get yes. that flavor profile going. And Franca said... This has nothing to do with the English breakfast, but when she was visiting in the UK, she went to a famous tea house called Betty's, and SR wanted to know if I'd had the fat bastard scone. 
I didn't, but obviously it's something he enjoyed over there. It's one of their famous tea skins and their pastries were to die for. Thank I'm, you for sharing that. Tea yeah. The fact that, that there's a tea house called Betty's, I think, is quite appropriate. Oh, yes. And in fact, for and our and dear and uh, beloved Betty in the chat room um, is a big fan of tea. Yes. Betty goes, ooh, I try, Betty. I can never replicate you. But I'm trying. And, 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 that, and that, is, that is like my, when I can get a good soda bread, that and a nice cup of tea are my afternoon. I, I enjoy so much. I'm actually enjoying lovely tea right now that mm -hmm. is infused with cardamom and other spices. It's like a chai. Oh, I like that. that I like that. I love chai yes, tea. Yes, because my, my dear friend uh, Melissa uh, and her husband Stuart are not coffee drinkers. They are tea drinkers. And it's lovely. Um, and I love the fact we know one of the places that SR has visited now in the UK was the tea house mm -hmm. called Betty's. Um, and, the fat uh, what, uh, and that is hilarious into itself because yeah. of the Austin Powers reference. That's right. Oh, so where is Betty's uh, tea shop in uh, Great Britain? Yes, Franca, tell us. So well, when uh, we plan our trip to the UK, we can uh, do. Yes. Um, I mean, <laughs> Sally Lunds is automatic because of the uh, tea room in Bath, but that's. <laughs> Betty needs to check it out, she said. <laughs> she said thank god it's tea and not coffee <laughs> and thank you betty she said that was perfect i try mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the other thing as we as we await franca's uh franca's detail on uh, where the uk um betty's, betty's is, is. <laughs> betty's betty's is <laughs> we also asked sr another question do you or have you done Christmas pajamas, SR? Mm -hmm. And he said, many years ago, there was an attempt to make me wear Christmas pajamas, but I demurred. <laughs> uh -huh. So again, like the professor, SR said, no. So, and Franca said that the tea rooms are in Yorkshire. Uh, she said she went to... The North Allerton one, but their most famous one is in Harrogate. Wonderful. Very nice. Uh, I'm just, and I'm just happy, very happy for you, Franca, that you had a chance to go see yeah. your family. After. And it looked like you had a great time, too. I loved all the pictures. We were, we were enjoying your trip vicariously through you. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I even sent, what, a Christmas pajamas to SR? I mean, come on. <laughs> It's Christmas. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, and our dear friend Ellie just joined mm -hmm. saying, morning all, I hate time changes. Come, 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 Gris agrees with the Senate for once. I'll take the English or Irish tea with my Germans. We back. There you go. Now, the only thing I have about this uh, congressional thing about the time keeping a same time change. I don't want it to be daylight savings time. I want it to be standard. Mm. Because, you know, getting up at, you know, in the dark every morning in the middle of winter is going to be a killer. Because sometimes the sun doesn't come up to almost 9.30 in the morning. Uh. On daylight savings time, if they have it year-round in the middle of winter. I'll be impressed if they get it together for this one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm. So. Annie. 
come on Congress. Yes, Ellie, I I totally get you. Her thumbs are still sleepy. Uh-huh. I'm passing you coffee across the way, Ellie. Um, welcome to Christmas in Sealands Grove. By the way, we're on yes. chapter 51 of Gabriel's Promise, and we are um, just in the living room as Gabriel is getting the gifts ready after being startled by Catherine. Um, who was sitting in the chair unbeknownst to Gabriel. She was up early because she was still on Oxford time. So mm-hmm. Catherine was grateful that they had allowed her to invite herself for Christmas. She had grown very tired of her extended family and cousins, and they had phoned her saying that they were going to do a vegan Christmas dinner. And you can imagine Catherine scowling at that idea. While she tended toward veganism, she was not totally on board with it, especially for a holiday dinner. She knew that they would be having, they would have something besides, she knew Gabriel and Julie would have something besides tofurkey for dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, And Gabriel actually mentioned that Julian was, Julian and Rachel were planning turkey for dinner. Uh, Catherine was thrilled with that and proceeded to tell him about the conversation that mm-hmm. she had with Rachel. So this gets a little interesting. So he's like, oh, and Catherine said, uh, yes. Oh, uh, Rachel told her about the break-in. <laughs> so this is where, I mean, as soon as there was a conversation between Rachel and Catherine Picton, you know things were going down, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rachel will not hold back, and Catherine has been uh, kept out of this uh, saga a little bit. So Ra- Gabriel now knows he is in deep. So, mm. especially with Rachel <laughs> spilling the beans on everything. <laughs> exactly. So um, yes, Rachel had told her about the break-in and he said, yes, someone had broken in and disabled the alarm. The intruder hadn't taken anything because uh, they surprised the intruder and chased him from the house. Now, Catherine sincerely was thankful that he was not hurt and asked about Julie and Claire. Gabriel assured her that they were all right and that they were taking advantage of being away from the house to have a new security system installed. Now, can you imagine, it's not too furky, it's not a turducken either. Right. Turducken's pretty awesome, though. I've never had had that. I haven't made it. I'm not a fan of duck. That's my problem. So Mm. I could do the turkey and the chicken, but not the duck. (laughs) I'm laughing at Betty's comment. Vegan turkey, Catherine's saying, where's the meat? Mm Mm-hmm. Who remembers Where's that old beat? ad campaign? Oh, yeah. Um, and Ellie's like, I'm good with total darkness in terms of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and Gabriel's in her monologue saying, thanks, Rachel. Betty, how, how many times do you think Gabriel has said that in his life? <laughs> I'm sure quite often. Exactly. And Flora's like picturing Gabriel's face while thinking that. <laughs> yeah. Again, that would be, this would be a fun scene to see on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, Julio's portrayal. I think he'd do a good job with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so now Catherine's laying the hammer down. She said that Rachel had also told her that Julia was not going to Scotland. Speaking of digging in. Yeah, the, now now the tea, all the tea is being spilled, yeah. as my daughter would say. <laughs> so she's, she's uh, he's avoiding looking at her, and he 
Gabriel told her that Julie had spoken with Cecilia after they had returned from Scotland, and she had asked to take a semester abroad. And Cecilia had refused. So Catherine asked why. And Gabriel told her that Cecilia said Harvard was better than Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And also said that what would make Cecilia look weak because the administration was already complaining about her not being invited to do the SAGE lectures as opposed to Gabriel, who was at uh, Hold My Nose Boston University as opposed to Harvard. <laughs> Although it's a good school too. Um, you know, so, so uh, you know, tis, uh, Catherine continued saying that, well, I'm sure that's her recruitment. Uh, she's also concerned about uh, Catherine going to Harvard. And uh, she said uh, that she was sure that her recruitment to Harvard was an issue for her as well. What Cecilia hadn't taught, didn't know was that, you know, Greg Matthews had been recruiting her for years. And she had surprised him when he, when she said yes. Now, I think the only reason why she said yes was because she knew that Gabriel and Julia were going to be in Boston and she was going to Harvard. Exactly. So that is a, that's that's a pretty given. So then um, she asked if uh, if he had spoken to Celia, and Gabriel said that Julia did not want him to interfere. She was also hoping that she'll change her mind and would broach the subject with her after the April workshop in Oxford. And uh, as Betty said, uh, Cecilia is having a tantrum. Isn't that the truth? So, ga- ga- <laughs> so Gabriel- well, and and I, I, I was just going to say, Betty noted that I think it's really good, Julia, that Rachel spilled the beans. Otherwise, Gabriel wouldn't have another perspective of his situation. True, but I mean, I don't know. I think Gabriel would have said something to her at some point. I think or so, Julia, too. one of but, the other. But she was waiting, or he was waiting, out of deference to Julia, Julia's wishes. Right. Right. So, uh, as as uh, Gabriel added, that Graham Todd was the first was a first rate scholar, so he couldn't object on scholarly grounds, but could argue Edinburgh uh, courses may not be a good fit with Harvard. But they did not have their full fall schedule yet, so they really they couldn't. You know, there was nothing there they could do. But the, Graham was going to be sending Julia a copy of them when they're set. He then asked her what she would suggest. So. Catherine is sipping her tea. Not her coffee, but her tea. <laughs> and then uh, she, but she also mentioned out of the blue that Rachel thinks that I'm Wonder Woman. <laughs> Which she finds quite amusing. I can just imagine. I love it. Uh, so she went on to say that as tempting as it was to, interf- to interfere would not be the wisest thing to do. And Cecilia now thinks that Gabriel, Julia, and she as a confederacy of sorts. <laughs> like they're going to gang up on her or something. No. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, sharks the comment, and jets. Um, Elena saying, grow up, Cecilia. You're letting your personal feelings get in the way of what is best for your student. Mm-hmm. And Annette said, Cecilia is only thinking of herself and not the incredible opportunity this was for them. Very true. That's very true. So, uh, Cecilia is thinking that, you know, uh, about the confederacy and uh, 
Catherine told him that Greg had made it clear to her that she was going to be there for the graduate students. Uh, if, and if Cecilia dropped Julianne, he would pick, she would pick her up. But could not do it until the appointment begins. So Gabriel thanks her. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, and that, honestly, wouldn't that be ideal, right? That would be. Catherine told him that it should be Julia's decision. She should decide who her supervisor is. And she should decide to what whether uh, to whether she should take a semester abroad you, you know the only thing I think about is regarding Catherine supervising is the fact they are closer now personally mm -hmm. so Julia may want to have space she may want to not have that um, you know the closeness of the relationship although with Catherine she is definitely one who could draw the line between personal and professional mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Catherine would not hold back, let's say, right? No. <laughs> Betty's so. thinking Cecilia is reading too much Shakespeare. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that says good one, Betty. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, really, uh, Catherine said, Cecilia should not force her hand. Catherine paused and then said, Don Wodehouse is impressed with her mind. If she wanted to transfer to Oxford... Don would take her. Now think about that. That would be amazing. I, that would be amazing. And he would take her I wonder if that would minute. happen. Ooh, that could be fun. Yeah. So Gabriel, thinking about it, thought a move to Oxford might be good for Julianne, but it would be terrible for their marriage. He did not want to live apart from Claire and Julianne. Catherine added that as long as she was alive, there was no reason for them to leave Harvard. Gabriel flinched almost imperceptibly. Catherine caught it and asked him to come out with it. You can imagine that, right? Mm -hmm. So Gabriel said that Julia would be eager to work with her, but he was concerned about the optics if Julia uh, was dropped and uh, he was looking uncomfortable then. Catherine added, and she's afraid I would die in the middle of her dissertation. Um, <laughs> I can imagine her saying that too. Mm -hmm. Gabriel's not um, having that, telling her that losing her would be a great personal loss. Damn the dissertation. Catherine's really important to them. Um, but Catherine boldly said that she has no intention of dying. Gabriel forbids her to die then. And Catherine said that would be that it would was easy that um, Gabriel Emerson forbids one to die and therefore one would be immortal. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is hilarious because you can see both of them just playing off of each other mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So Betty's wants to know, Catherine, do you think I'm old? <laughs> and Annette's saying Catherine will survive anything, That's which is right. true. You know, Catherine then said she didn't think the universe worked that way. And then she kind of turned the conversation to a little more, a more serious note, saying she had been treated with thyroid cancer, for thyroid cancer. And she was diagnosed and treated in Toronto during her time there. And the only one who knew was Jeremy Martin. So I'm sure that was shocking to Gabriel. Mm -hmm. She's now in excellent health and looking forward to her move to Boston. And she noted she didn't think it was anyone's business. 
but she also stated that she would not live forever, but sh should live long enough to supervise Julia on her dissertation. Gabriel did not know and was very sorry to hear about her diagnosis. And then Betty's saying if Catherine drank some of Willie's vintage, she could live forever. <laughs> this is true. Maybe there could be a, there could be some uh, arrangement made. <laughs> you never know. Mm -hmm. uh, so Catherine, but Catherine assures him that yeah, well, she may be a little bit rounder, but than she used to be. But obviously, my weight is not a barrier to being Wonder Woman. <laughs> so she could not find it in her to care. <laughs> and this kind of made Gabriel chuckle. So that, that's nice that, you know, you, you have to put that laugh in, you know, with the seriousness. Mm -hmm. So she continues, it would be, was it possible Celia, Cecilia could drop her, make noises about her abilities? And it was odd if she was refused to be a reader on Julia's dissertation. And Catherine's like, well, Julia's already making a name for herself in, with her work. So a semester abroad would be a good opportunity for her, even if Cecilia decides to be petulant. She would also do her best to quell any gossip, and if Julia continued to impress Don Woodhouse, he will as well. She straightens up her chair, and she's not to be trifled with. I'd swallow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Franco noted, Cecilia is just jealous that she was not given the opportunity to go to Edinburgh and was mm -hmm. punishing Julia for it. Shame on you, Cecilia. Exactly. Yes. And Betty also notes that Wonder Woman does have curves. She did, she, that she does. Which is it. very true. And they're, you know, they're not as cushioned as some would like. <laughs> but I have to say, you know, there are enough people impressed with Julia's academic prowess. Oh, here we are. Yep. Three quarter time show. Mm hmm. And now it's appropriate today because we are in the Christmas season. That's true. That is true. And yesterday, when the doctor was here in my kitchen and I heard the Christmas clock go off, everyone gets started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Well, and, and Frank, uh, Franco said, I, by the way, I can't wait to see more of Kip. Catherine picked in on Gabriel's rapture. We haven't seen much of her yet. No. And Floor notes Catherine is a force to be reckoned with. LOL. I would love to see Cecilia and her hash it out. Um, <laughs> I agree. Cage match. I, I really think calmer heads, cooler heads will prevail with Cecilia. I really do. I just oh. think she just had a knee jerk reaction. And a, a very but, poor, unprofessional knee-jerk reaction. But it could be a, a wonderful MMA uh, cage match between this, Catherine Picton and Cecilia this, Martinelli. This is very true. So, this is very true. So now she had invoked the privilege of an old woman as she was mm -hmm. going to tell him something. And so she started getting serious about this now. She says, mm -hmm. Gabriel, you must not sabotage your career. And he, when he began to interrupt, she stopped him. I can just see the finger going up. Mm -hmm. Not the hand, the finger. And uh, she looked back at your life with an objective eye. And you'll see that I'm right. You got yourself into a predicament in Toronto, which ended all right, but it could have derailed your career. And now you find yourself in a potential conflict with Cecilia. 
and I know you're trying to think about getting out of the sage lectures to keep your family together. <laughs> she is she so good. It. And Cecilia's threatening Julianne, your house is broken into, and you're worried it will all happen again. And you're and now you're regretting your decision, and you are thinking of falling on your sword to protect everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Betty wants to see Paul buying the Christmas clock and gift wrapping it, and uh, Gabriel opening the package. Of course. Of course. And Renette noted, I agree, Julia's a wonderkin in that world. Julia's work speaks for herself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she is making a name for herself. You know, she's she impressed Don Woodhouse enough to, for him to rethink about Guido Maltofeltro, if I pronounce exactly. it correctly. So, yeah. Exactly. So, Catherine continues on. She said, look, you made a promise, and you have to keep it no matter what happens with Julia and Harvard. Backing out now, except in the case of death, would derail your career. Julia is a student. She can find another program or supervisor. You are both intelligent and equally important, but he could not regain the respect of the academic community if you insult the University of Edinburgh, especially in such a prestigious uh, event. And so before you do anything rash, Listen to me. You know, you can see Catherine uh, espousing this to him, and mm -hmm. but being very serious, not just in an academician way, but in almost a motherly way, I mm -hmm. think. Julia has agency and needs to make her own decision about who her supervisor will be. I cannot speak about your security of your house, but knowing you, it will be a system to rival Buckingham Palace. No one would dare bother you. And you are going to Scotland, and that is that. <laughs> she put her foot down. She she put it out there. And, uh, yes, Betty's saying, um, yeah, Betty, that needs, Lori says, Betty, that needs to be written at some point. The mm -hmm. I want to see Paul buying the clock gift, wrapping it, and Gabriel opening the package. <laughs> And um, More Betty said, Catherine to Gabriel, never let go. Insert the Titanic soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although, you know, eventually she did let go. Rose did let go of Jack's hands. So. Yeah, she could have gotten him on that platform. Come on. <laughs> not, yes. <laughs> not in this case. Not after Catherine laying out the decree. Yeah. So we actually asked SR about um you know because the the word promise was clearly used here you made a promise and you have to keep it she said so we asked is the title drawn from his promise to attend the lectures and sr said the title of the novel is inspired by the promises gabriel makes to his wife and his child there will be a reference to this later on in the novel so Catherine felt she was being far too morose for this early in the morning. And actually, really, it's Christmas. Like, yeah. <laughs> they got into some heavy stuff in this early Christmas. And it's before thing. the house is woken up even. Right. She went over to him and told him she was sure that she overstepped. But he and Julia were like her children, her academic children. And her legacy, both academic and financial, will be passed to them and to Claire. 
Gabriel had a lump form in his throat and stated that he just didn't know what to say. She said, you don't have to say anything. You have forbidden me to die already, and I have forbidden you to turn down the sage lectures. Provided we each keep our end of the bargains, all will be well. So she patted his shoulder, saying Cecilia will get over it by April. If she doesn't, she can study with me, you know, Julia can study with me, and I'll gladly send her to Scotland. Um, she noted she will speak to her privately, and I'll tell her, and I'll stress my good health. Mm-hmm. So Catherine already is assuring him he, she will reach out and talk to Julia. Gabriel thanked her. Catherine squeezed his shoulder and stated that Wonder Woman is going to make breakfast in an age-appropriate pantsuit, (laughs) (laughs) leaving Gabriel then to mull over everything she said. And we do have a couple questions Mm -hmm. um, uh, then for SR, but I'm seeing some comments here. We have uh, (laughs) the eternal debate. Could Jack have survived? (laughs) I think he could have been anyway. Lady Picton has spoken, and Gabriel must obey. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that. Although I like the way she framed it that, you know, she is very self-aware and said, look, I know I overstepped, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm promising you this, and you're promising me that. Like, if we all work together, this is going to happen, and we're going to make it happen. And Flora says, I love Catherine's character. She's just what Gabriel and Julia needed. She's such a mama bear, keeping mm-hmm. her cubs protected at all costs. Absolutely. Yeah, Lori is agreeing with you there, Flora. So am I. Um, she is. She she is a favorite character of mine. She's just. She reminds me of somebody I knew when I was younger, and she's just very out there. She's forceful, mm-hmm. strong. And she needs to be strong to mm-hmm. have survived that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, as a woman in a man-dominated and, and in the field. age when she got into it. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, I, I, I think the point that they reinforced about the legacy is important too. You know, for her, these are her children. This is her family, not just in a personal sense, but in an academic sense. Mm-hmm. Her legacy of her teachings will carry on through them. And I think it's really a profound, you know, she's vested in them and in their success. And yes, Franca, I love it. Franca said, Catherine saved Christmas. What a mentor and friend and wonderful godmother to Claire. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Betty said, such a deep conversation between Gabriel and Catherine. Meanwhile, Julie and Claire are sound asleep in their rooms. You know, the other thing I thought was important was that Julia, you know, I think Catherine being aware that Julia does want to do this on her own, mm-hmm. Catherine was very wise to say she would reach out to Julia because Catherine also needs to tell her that it wasn't Gabriel who came to her, that Catherine jumped on him. Right. Because um, I think if Julia thinks Gabriel went running to Catherine, I think that would damage their relationship a little bit. A little bit. But, you know, and I, it's just, she's good. Catherine is one of those mentors that mm-hmm. you want to have. Yeah. And, you know, just the fact that you know, she can sit down with her and say, look, here's what you got to do. Here's, here's, here's the real deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, be able to get it through to her. So 
Yeah, absolutely. And the, and thank goodness Claire's still asleep upstairs because when Claire gets to be a little bit bigger, she, uh, little Claire will be up and waking them up at five in the morning, waiting for <laughs> to go down and see what Santa brought. <laughs> exactly. They won't have many, many Christmas mornings uh, without early rising uh, for long. And SR Fox is leaving us. Thank you for joining us today. She said, girls, I'm going girls to buy premieres ah. today in cinema. Oh, my gosh. Not only that, in cinema today and tomorrow. So we'll hear you next week. Um, Let us know how yeah. that is. It hasn't come to the U.S. I, I saw something. If it comes, I think it's going to be coming like on demand. Okay. Yes. Oh, yes. Go enjoy Julio on the big screen. Yes. He's so great. What a great performer. Mm-hmm. Enjoy SR Fox. What a wonderful, a what a wonderful thing to do today. Yes. Um, so we have one last question we asked, and um, Ellie, yes, Catherine is her favorite. Um, and Pam had this question for us. I thought it was a great one. She said, "This might be a silly question, but it is sincere." When you were writing the fan fiction, did you have a Catherine encourage you? Or a Cecilia discourage you from publishing? I, for one, hope you had a Catherine in your corner. And I think his his answer was very profound. Mm-hmm. I, um, SR said, there are many in our community who remember those days. And Ellie, if you're still on, you will know you, you were there. Ellie was there during this whole period, the fanfic period. There are many in our community who remember those days when I first began writing. And at the time I chose to publish, there was a bit of an outcry because prior to that, one simply did not publish that kind of online writing. There were vocal and vicious opponents. There were trolls who wrote scathing remarks on social media, Goodreads and Amazon. And I really wasn't in a position to do anything other than take it. And then something extraordinary happened. Many of my readers saw what was happening and they came to my defense. And then, once the first book was published, new readers discovered the book. And then my friend E.L. James published her books. And as we know, that changed the literary world. Absolutely, it did. I did not know all of that backstory before this. I knew some of it. I did not know that there was that much animosity about moving from an online forum to a, to a published a form publishing which surprises me because that was the whole that was the whole point of having the serials series back in the early days of the 1900s well it's it's funny because I was uh, there was some, something I was watching the other day and I don't know whether it was the view or whether it was scar you know Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski in the morning or but there was a conversation about books that had started in fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And it, it really surprised me because they both said, you know, years ago you would never have thought of doing anything like this. But it has come to such a full circle and that you can do so many. Well, I mean, even Edgar Allan Poe published like mm-hmm. a chapter at Dickinson. a time. And Yeah, I was going to say, I said 1900s. It's, it was early, way earlier than that. Yeah, Charles Dickens. And, most you know, I, so the fact that there was such judgment on, you know, I just think is horrible. And and Ellie said, um, Catherine for sure, uh, Betty said, I wonder what would Paul say if he was asked for his advice. 
Anyan, Ellie said, oh yeah, joys of past drama. It mm -hmm. was quite extreme. Betty's noting, wow, that's crazy. Wow, mm -hmm. says Floor. I would have thought it would all be happy and supportive. I know Betty would think that, right? Ellie said, it's the main reason we started Argyle Empire, to have a safe place and positive place to continue discussing SR's writing and to support him through the transition. Wow. Yeah. Lori said, I did not know that either. That SR was harassed like that. That upsets me. Yeah, that's horrific. No wonder SR is staying SR and not coming to the fore after well, being treated like that. You know, it's funny. Years ago when I was reading Fifty Shades um, and I was in Goodreads, and there was this one comment that about, about the book. And it was basically about book one. And mm -hmm. it was a horrible comment. I was like, did you read this? Yeah. Have you read the whole series? You know, I... You can't, the story in and of itself, while some of the actions of the, of the characters may sound horrific, mm -hmm. it's not, that's not what it was about. And mm -hmm. I, in fact, it's funny because every time somebody comments on this person's uh, feed, mm -hmm. I get tagged in it. To this day, I get tagged in it. Wow. So, yeah. Well, so and, um, and there's a lot of comments coming through here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, Lori thought, thank you for sharing that, Ellie. That's interesting and great. People can be so mean, unacceptable, said Floor. Ellie said, yeah, there was a lot of hate, particularly for Icy and SR in publishing, but many others followed too. And Icy, for those who don't know, uh, is a reference James. to Yale James. Because was she like Ice Queen? S Snow Dragon or Snap Snow Dragon, Snow Dragon. yeah. You can correct me, Ellie. I just remember that reference is is for Yale. Um, is for Erica. Wow, says Annette. And Ellie said, there were packs of folks that were strongly against publishing. Mm -hmm. I'm really curious why. Was it just they felt like the story belonged in their domain of online? And they didn't want it to go. They wanted it to just be solely for an online audience. Um, did they feel like publishing was like t t being, uh, you know, taking away from an online forum? Um, Snow Queen Ice Dragon. Thank you, Ellie. Mm -hmm. Elena said, thank goodness the fans prevailed for both SR and E.L. James. And I'm curious, too, did SR get the book contract first? Did his book come before E.L.? I, I know they were close, but I couldn't remember who actually got the deal first. Ellie, if you know that, share it. Yeah. If not, that's okay. I'm just curious. Um, Ellie said, um, there were a lot of reasons. Some were entitled and wanted fan fiction for free. Ah, uh, yep. That's all, okay. that'll always do it. That will definitely do it. And yeah, 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 that's just bizarre to me. And it's funny because when I first started reading E.L. James, I didn't know that she was part of that, uh, fan fiction group of, um, was it Neckout? And I forget the name of the thing. I have it, but. I, and I, I went into that looking for other stories to read, mm -hmm. and SR had already published, so his wasn't available at the time. But you know, I mean, I found because I wanted to get like a perspective of um, the male point of view of, of Christian's point of view, right, and that kind of stuff. So it was it was fun to be able to go back in and, and look at that. 
and yeah, read other things. And there was one story, I, I, one story I was reading and that continued on to even the kids were older. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, I found, unfortunately, the woman got sick and she stopped writing at this one point and she's never gone back to it. So I don't know what happened to her. Um, there was no, never anything in, in any of the chats about it either. So, and SR was the first to publish. Yes, thank you for that, Ellie. And Ellie said some of uh, the fans put down the platform that it would be taking away from Stephanie Myers, um, which wasn't true. If anything, Twilight fan fiction brought Stephanie many readers, um, fans and watchers of the films. Mm -hmm. Very true. I would not have... I still haven't read Twilight, but I watched the films. I would like to read Twilight at some point because I feel like it's kind of a missing piece in my in my background of uh, some of this literary fiction. Mm -hmm. um, and SR was first to publish, which you know, yeah. Wow, I can only imagine having that kind of uh, negative outpouring when something so fantastic is happening to you, mm -hmm. being selected to you know, and asked to publish your work is such a highlight. And then having that horrible negative backlash is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you, if you look at it within the, in the standpoint of how many people write books and send them to publishers that nobody will ever see. Right. You know, and mm. I, whether it be romance, whether it be mystery, whatever that, whatever genre they're writing in. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, it's a shame. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm so, so glad that they prevailed. Well, yes. Because it also you know, brought a great community together. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you got Erica's fans and SR's fans all kind of overlap to each other. Yeah. And there's so much, so much goodness in this mm -hmm. community. There really is. So, and and uh, but yeah. Uh, Ellie's also saying the whole reason Twilight uh, was born and so very huge was because Trolls stole early bits of On Midnight Sun and Stephanie pulled it so because so many were seeking um, the uh, Zwerf point of view. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Frank also said, very interesting here about all this SR and E.L. James. I only discovered them both when the books were published so never knew anything about the fan fiction time. Thank goodness. Mm. And thank you for a great chat and happy to be able to join in again. Looking forward to next Saturday. Have mm -hmm. a wonderful weekend, everyone, and keep safe. Yes, you too, thank Franca. you, Franca. I'm so glad you made it home safely back down to South Africa from the mm. UK. I'm glad you had a wonderful time. And I'm so thankful for everyone being able to join us. Um, today for this great discussion as mm -hmm. always mm -hmm. and um, really looking forward to having SR on next week it especially be, now it should be interesting it should be fun most definitely so I am going to leave us this morning with um, Celtic Thunder's version of Mary Did You Know as I long as we're it. still in that Christmas theme that so, Christmas theme is going to be beautifully delivered by Celtic Thunder. My daughter saw them perform last week. They love them. Have a good week, everybody, and we'll see you next week with SR. Take care, everyone. Be safe.